The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. If you're ever in the Chicagoland area, stop by, worship with us, 10.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. every Sunday. Obviously, this Sunday is Easter. If you don't have a church home, uh, or you just uh, you're in town. Stop by. We're going to have a great Resurrection Sunday. Realizing that the Resurrection is not just for Jesus, but it's any time we raise our consciousness up to our awareness of the Christ within us. <clears throat> you can go to our website at www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org. If you have um, you know, questions or you want to know more about the ministry, uh, you can go, go to our lesson archive and see uh, a couple of past services. You can get an opportunity to hear Reverend Wells, hear our choir, see how we do things here. I think you'll like it. Now, we're in the midst of a series and wrapping up a series uh, based on the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. How to Use the Twelve Gifts from God is a book that is written around the, the uh, theory of Jesus and his disciples representing the Christ mind and 12 gifts, powers, or faculties that are within every person. And we've studied them from faith all the way now down to life, which is the chapter for today. I would strongly suggest that you go over the old episodes you can download the podcast, as you know, on iTunes or Stitchers. You can put it right on your phone. And when you have the convenience, listen to them or make the convenience and listen to them, because I think it'll make a difference in your life. Because studying the 12 gifts from God or studying the 12 powers, as Charles Fillmore taught it or called them or mental faculties, as he called them, help you understand how total consciousness works when you realize that. These faculties really teach you how to master life. When you have a mastery over or an awareness of how these faculties are supposed to work in your life, they make life work. So I don't want to take too much time because this is our last week covering this book. I'm sure it's not the last time 
I'll deal with this subject, but I know it's the last time I'll deal with this book. Um, all right. Now, on page 93, it states that life is my ability to mend, restore, and draw upon the living Christ for all life functions. Life is my progress, attainment, and mastery. And in the preview, it states that life is realized at three levels, subconscious, conscious, and superconsciousness. Two, it says life is the ability to heal and restore. Three, there's no, no such thing as death. Four, making, lo- making love is a spiritual experience. Five, life is your progress, attainment, and mastery. Now, before I get started, I want to kind of give you the baseline definition of life according to um, the metaphysical tradition I come out of, which is uh, Christ Universal Temple, which is based upon the unity Fimorian metaphysics that is taught. Uh, our founder, Reverend Coleman, learned at Unity Village that life is the idea in divine mind of activity. Some people say animation. It expresses in mankind as health, as energy, as vigor. You know, I would even say wholeness. So it's also important to understand that, you know, as the author will talk about shortly, that God is life. God is life. And if I'm the image and likeness of God, I am life. Reverend Coleman used to uh, say it this way. I am the life of God. Now, she would say, God is life. And God's life is my life now. God is life. And God's life is my life, et cetera, et cetera. She would always pull the concept together to where people would understand that they're always talking about oneness. All right. All right. So back to the book. Page 94 states, awareness is the key. Mankind is the only entity on earth that is aware of self or can think in abstracts. Therefore, the destiny of the earth is in the hands of mankind or to be specific in the consciousness of mankind. So the greatest thing an individual can do is to dedicate himself to the development of awareness. That's key. So regardless of what your real job is, in other words, your occupation, the, the job of every soul is to develop awareness. The awareness of what? The awareness of your oneness with God. That's everybody's job. You know, as Jesus states, you know, or as stated that Jesus said to his parents, don't you know that I'm a, I will be about my father's business? That's developing your awareness of your oneness with God. Now, the author goes on and says, in developing your awareness of your spiritual gifts, you are growing into the understanding that you are more than a quantity you are the absolute. You are more than strong. You are strength itself. You are more than wise. You are wisdom itself. You are more than loving and orderly. You are love and order. And above all, you are not merely living. You are life. Now, we're going to stop there because at times we think we have qualities instead of stating that I am the quality. It's not that you you don't just have faith, you are faith. You don't just have strength, you are strength. You don't just have zeal, you are zeal. And you just don't have life, you are life. Now, 
this is key to recognize because life is intangible and invisible. A friend of mine, I was at a seminar that she did, a workshop seminar over the weekend, and she had a great question. Uh, She stated that she asked the question, do you see life or do you see the effects of life? And it, and it and it really paused some people because people were trying to you know debate the things that they see as being life and my position, and I would add, uh, you know, the position that the presenter agreed with was that God is life, and if God is life, and God has no form, and God is invisible and intangible and immeasurable, then we never see life. We see the effects of life. So what you call your animation and your activity is the expression of life. But you are life itself. As Jeremiah chapter one, verses four and five talks about, you know, the the word of the Lord came to him saying, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. So before the egg cell and the sperm cell connected, I knew you. So before you had a name, a gender, before you had hair color, eye color, before you had a past and, and, and good times and bad times and all the other stuff that goes along with what we call the human experience, I knew you because God is life and you are the very self-expression. We are the very self-expression of that life. If God is life, I am life. It it. it It takes some boldness to stand on that. That I am the life of God. It takes boldness to say, I am God in expression. Not God in the totality that other people are God in expression. But but through the realization that even though I'm an individualized expression, I'm a whole complete individualized expression. And so is everyone else. I am life, and God's life is perfect, whole, and complete right now. That's the realization that these early New Thought people would work with to get an understanding of how to heal the body because the first thing they had to realize was that if God is life, then God's perfect and whole life is me, and this perfect life can express through my body in turn what we call six and disease cells cells into healthy cells, strong cells. And if anybody has ever been healed through a realization of who they are in God, then it's possible for everybody. Well, it's not a principle. Because there's no special people. There's no one that's made a little bit different than you. There's nobody that has more God than you. There's nobody who has more soul than you. So because of that, if anybody has ever been healed through prayer, through visualization, through denials and affirmations, through the realization of their oneness with God, you can be healed. If anybody has ever prospered through the application of the spiritual prospering spiritual principles that govern the universe, you can be prospered from them. If anybody has freed themselves from the past by learning 
the principles of forgiveness. You can forgive and be free of the bondage of your past. If anybody has ever done it, you can do it. The book goes on to say, sometimes it's easy to slip into the belief that you are developing one of these gifts. That is impossible because they are all perfect in you now. You are perfect. And the only thing you can develop is an awareness of your perfection. So it's not, see, in divine mind, these ideas are already perfect. But in a consciousness or in awareness or in the soul as a mental faculty, our lack of awareness of how to work with them as perfect divine ideas limit their ability to express properly in our lives. No different than the to- that the Christ idea, God's idea of itself, is the totality of all divine ideas. So you put all these ideas together of what you call good, that makes up what you call the Christ idea. All right, next paragraph. It says, um, you express at three levels of awareness, subconscious, conscious, and superconsciousness. All right, then he goes on to explain. I think this is very, very well done. Life is expressed through you constantly in ways you don't have to think about. Your organs function automatically unless we interfere with it without, you know, stress, lack of sleep, diet, lack of exercise, smoking, drinking, uh, drugs, uh, and all the other things we do to damage our body. But, But anyway, your tissues and cells mend and grow without your thinking of them. And your various systems operate and coordinate all on their own. Even your emotions and beliefs alter and protect you without your conscious awareness. In other words, there are people who have beliefs and things that will shut down their awareness of a thing that they don't want to deal with. Like it's in plain sight, but your beliefs are just not allow you to see it. You know, but I don't want to undress that too much. He goes on to say divine life pours through you as a channel of God at these unconscious and subconscious levels. But even though life is fully operative at these levels, they're not levels where you may exercise choice. It is at the conscious level where you do choice, your choice making. This is the level where you direct your thoughts and feelings. Then he uses a statement, the superconsciousness, of course, is God in you. I tend to lean on the superconsciousness being the awareness of God in us. But that's semantic sometimes when you're dealing with authors everybody teaches it slightly different so i would say the superconsciousness is the god mind in you but uh i'm not in disagreement with the author i'm just you know detailed like that all right next page he says life is the ability to heal and restore when you at the conscious level call upon the Christ in you to direct healing energy and light to restore your body to perfection. You are placing your body into complete charge of your Christ self. You're placing your body into complete charge of your Christ self. In other words, you're giving your body over as an effect to be guided, healed, and restored by the Christ, your true nature. He goes on to say, God in you is your Christ self. And at this level of super, and it is at this level of super consciousness that healing takes place. So when you make yourself open and receptive to this higher way of being, allowing the Christ to do his perfect work in you, your true spiritual nature. And remember, the Christ isn't in you like a raisin is in raisin bread. 
the crisis who you really are. And I and I I'm using the term Christ over and over again because we only associate Jesus with Christ, but Christ was not his name. Jesus of Nazareth was his name. Jesus Christ was the title of expression representing Jesus the anointed. Because that's all that means. But from a metaphysical standpoint, it means it represents the 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 Jesus is the understanding use of the Christ of the of the potential of God. The Christ is the potential. And Jesus Christ is the perfect demonstration of that potential. Now, so when you tune into the God in you, you release latent power that does transformation in your soul and in your body. That's important to know. That's important to know. So before we take our next uh, first break, I want to remind you that this show is supported by your donations, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio. So as you freely receive, freely give, I know some of you all are listening to this on podcast. I know some of you all are downloading from iTunes and Stitcher, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You're not necessarily always on the website. So I was, you know, strongly uh, suggest that you go to Unity Online Radio's website, click the donate button and support it. If you're being fed by this, part of the law is as you have received, fully received, fully give. So you are creating an opportunity to not only support your own spiritual growth, but support the spiritual growth of millions around the world. You just don't know where these messages will end up. You just don't know. The other thing is uh, I have a Facebook page and I would like you, if you're on Facebook, to go to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell and like it. And if you see things that you like, share it with others. Share I put posts, different type of posts on there. Share them with people. Let people like the posts when you see them. To let people know about the show so they can become um, aware of this work that we're doing. If you want to message me, normally within 24 hours, I return any message that is sent to that uh, Facebook inbox. So it's a great way to get in contact with me. Uh, last but not least, uh, the Panorama of Truth by the, Uni- by the Universal Foundation for Better Living is July 23rd through the 27th. I'm one of the presenters. Uh, you can go to www.ufbl.org for more information. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could improve your health one decision at a time? Take that first step and join us each Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central and learn from experts in integrative medicine. 
Awaken to Your Best Health is committed to supporting your personal health through cutting-edge research, education, and practical tips that you can put into place immediately. Make that decision for yourself by saying yes to health. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're going over the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God, and we're on the last chapter on life. Back to the book. He goes on to say, where we left off, only you at a conscious level of self-awareness can make choices in directing the flow of spirit. By stilling yourself to divine life, you activate the living spirit or superconsciousness in you to do that which is needed. Now, that's key. He gives us a how to do it step. He said, by stilling yourself to divine life, you activate. So that means that, you know, there are times when we speed up mental activity and there's times when we slow down so we can activate that which we need. So when you get into your meditative mode, when you get into your prayer mode, you are stilling the mind, stilling the mind to make sure that you are activating the living spirit within you to do the work. Then he makes a very, very powerful statement. He says, if illness manifests, it's a sign that something is out of order in the subconscious level. The subconscious always produces a body according to its own nature. Now, this is a very tough statement for people because I realize the things that people go through and I'm, you know, and I'm not wild, you know, just throwing this statement out there, um, you know, just to be, you know, mean spirited, get what he's saying. If it's the subconscious job to produce body and body doesn't necessarily always mean just your physical body. It means that and everything that's connected to the three dimensional you. That the way to, from the new thought perspective, is even if we're doing outer things to get our bodies, in this sense, our physical bodies together, that doesn't mean that you don't work on your mind to start working with the beliefs. Because if we are life and life is perfect, whole, and complete, then something in, in, in the mind is not in alignment that's keeping that balance together for it to express in the body properly. And at the at the soul level, at the subconscious, it could be something things as simple as, well, if if you have uh, if you're making choices that you do that physically cause your body to be out of alignment, like I mentioned earlier, like the smoking of cigarettes and the 
um, you know, the uh, abuse of alcohol and and, you know, obviously drugs or many other things that we do. I think it's important that we recognize that if we're making choices like that in soul, you know, what does that look like? What does that really look like in um, how, how does that really show up in us as our bodies? Now, moving on. If I want to make a real change in my body, the first thing I need to do is work on my mind. If I want to make a real change, you know, have you ever, you know, and I've, I've done this and, and, and I'm currently doing it. You know, you sign up for the gym and then you don't go. You know, so you have to you have to be diligent on your with your mind to, to make outer steps without working with your mind. Won't help you. You got to work with your mind. Then he goes on to start dealing with some deeper stuff. And by the way, you can call in if you would like to 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489 to get up. You know, if you want to ask me some questions about anything that I'm covering today, moving along, moving on page 96. There's no such thing as death. The real you is not alive. The real you is life itself. Being alive is merely a term we associate with life as it is expressed through your present body. Now, this is key. As I stated earlier, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. You are life. And because you are life, you're already whole and complete. So you have birth and death, not life and death. Birth is an expression of life coming into what we call this physical body. Death is life not expressing in that particular physical body anymore. But you're still life. You preceded the body and you will transcend your body because you are life. The life of God, the eternal life of God, right now. All right. All right. Back to the book. On page 97, it says, not only are we coming into awareness that there is no death, but we are beginning to understand that the birth is more than the choosing of a new body. Birth is being born again into higher awareness. In the process of soul development, you are born countless times. Sometimes you enter a new body upon a new birth, but not always. Every time you receive new insight and inspiration to where it alters your consciousness, you are born again. You are are a new you, not subject to previous limitation. Now, let me just stop here for a moment because I think this is really key. Birth is being born again into a higher awareness. In the process of soul development, you are born countless times. That's key. So, you know, sometimes, you know, at church, we'll, you know, use terms like born again Christian. But you're born again over and over and over again every time you enter into a new paradigm of living. When you start to see life 
differently. That's being born again. When you start to think differently, feel differently, speak differently, act differently, react differently, that's being born again. You got to know that the process of being, quote unquote, born again is a soul development thing. Never meant to be associated only once or with some outer act. But the inner revelation and realization in the soul of your true oneness with God. The book goes on to say new birth is always a decision of the soul. Perhaps parents think that they have decided to have another child, but in reality, it is the soul that is choosing a new set of earthly parents. Now, a lot of people teach a lot of different things around this concept. I've read many things. And the one thing that I can say definitely is this. We don't know. But what I can say is, at least from a standpoint of consciousness, is this. If consciousness is what I am from the standpoint of I, through cause and effect, or causation, or attraction, my soul always is creating or drawing to me the experiences needed for my own soul development. Whether I'm in a body or I'm out of a body, that means that, and this is, I cringe saying this because some people might take this out of context, that we always draw the right family experience for what is needed for our souls. But see, the thing about it is because we're so detached from real soul work, we don't realize that sometimes the soul goes through what the outward, outwardly what the world calls the harsh experience because this is something through either attraction, cause and effect, or choice, is something that the soul is working through, growing through, learning through, or whatever. So is the child that is born with an illness or deformity really, is that really a tragedy? Or is that a soul that's eternal? That for that particular incarnation is going through that experience for only reasons between that soul and God? No, we don't know. We don't know. I can't say and no one else can say. Because we look at babies as if they have no beginning. But they're the life of God, too. And if they're the life of God, then they are they are eternal as well. And if they're the life of God, they're whole and complete as well. Regard, See, your wholeness and completeness is not dependent on what your physical body is telling you. A person who can't move their physical body at all is perfect life. Well, it's not showing up in a way that they quote-unquote, would desire it, and I wouldn't wish that on anybody personally from a human standpoint. But I am not that soul. 
And because we made the soul, especially in Western culture, some abstract that needs to that that's a part of it uh, of a eternal battle between good and evil. You know, churches are winning souls for Jesus or God, or and Satan is trying to steal souls from God, et cetera, et cetera. That we that we never ask the question. What does all that even mean? And 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 is that distracting me from the larger question? Which is, first of all, what is soul? Why do I have a soul? How does the soul work? How is the soul fed? How does the soul evolve? We get so caught up, even sometimes in the even in the new thought perspective of being, and we teach it, be the go-getter, get what you get, the good that you desire, that we stop, we don't stop to ask ourselves the question: What will satisfy my soul? What satisfies your soul? What gives you the sense of fulfillment, satisfaction, peace, harmony? tranquility because you can have you can chase the goods and just you know you get the car you got to get the bigger car and i'm all for getting the car you want you get the house you get the bigger house i'm all for getting the house you want you know and, and you know you have people who are serial daters they they just go from one person to the next one the, you know you know they're tv people who go from one supermodel to the next but what satisfies your soul? What satisfies your soul? See, because we have taken it out of context, we don't really realize that the soul comes here as a part of uh, to to learn and create, to discover, to learn who it is. And the lessons that go around that to discover the truth about who we are and how to release the things that interfere with that process and to create the good that we desire in our lives and the things that satisfy the soul and to fully demonstrate the Christ in our everyday lives. So when a person says the new birth is always a decision of the soul, every child that is born, every newborn infant is the word made flesh and dwelling amongst us. Every child is God with a suit on. Here to learn and evolve their souls just like they're learning to evolve their bodies. But because we are so attached to the body and we don't teach our children about the soul, we don't teach them how to evolve that. We teach them how to evolve their intellect. We teach them how to memorize. We teach them how to deal with and, and please the things of the body alone. And there's nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But we don't actually make them have them think about 
the spiritual side. If we're spirit, soul, body, and the only thing we really focus on is the body and intellectually from the soul part, the intellect, the things that concern the body, that means that we're neglecting two-thirds of who we are. What system can function when two-thirds of it is being ignored? Nothing. Nothing. You are the life of God with a soul that expresses through a body. That's who you are. That's what we are. The life of God, God's idea of itself, the Christ, the I am, the spiritual pattern with an awareness of being that we call a soul or what we call consciousness or total consciousness that expresses through a vehicle that we call a body. When life isn't expressing through the body, the body decays because the body can't keep itself alive. God is life. And I am life. God's life is my life. And I express God's perfect life through this body now. Think about if we really held that as a mantra. And that was the prayer we got up every morning holding it and really having not just a revelation, but a true realization of what that was saying, what that means, what that is, what we are saying to ourselves. As a soul. We're here to, to, to the soul is the pivotal point because this, the soul can work with spirit and it can work with form. It's the bridge. It's the bridge. The bridge between spirit and form, the soul. Bringing the invisible to the visible, the abstract into the <clears throat> into physical reality. Making thoughts things. Bringing ideas into manifestation. A new birth is always a decision of the soul. Always. Always. We're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Hello, listeners. Did you know we've gone mobile? That's right. Your favorite Unity online radio programs are available on your mobile device. Now you can take us with you wherever you go. Using apps from Live 365 or Stitcher, you can listen to Unity online radio live or on demand. To learn more, visit www.unity.fm and click on Mobile Listening. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? 
What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I do want to let you know that I did an interview for unity.org, the website, and uh, the article, the interview was written by Marshall Alverson, and it's called Break Free from the Tomb of Doubt. So if you go to unity.org and you click on resources and go to articles, the title of it is Break Free from the Tomb of Doubt. Check it out. I think you'll like it. Anyway, moving right along. The book goes on and it starts to talk about sexual intercourse and some of the hangups that people have around this subject. Now, before I get into what he says in this book, I want to address um, the concept from the 12 powers of man as Charles Fillmore understood it. Charles Fillmore believed that Judas represents or symbolizes the life faculty in the gospel narrative, that the life faculty can sometimes get pulled into selfish, selfish ambitions Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. And because it gets caught up in its sensations, like you know, sex and appetites and things like that, that it has a tendency to get caught up, and it betrays the Christ within us. Uh, one of the the challenges with Fillmore's concept is because he so strongly believed it. One of the things that he taught was not having sex unless you were trying to procreate because he believed that that energy could be used for the life faculty to regenerate the body because he was a person who was a, what people call, would now call a physical immortalist. In other words, you can so spiritualize the body that the physical body doesn't die and all of that stuff. And so he would promote not having sex and, he, and when you read the 12 powers of man, he really goes in hard on it, sensation, sexuality, and and um, and all the things, you know, eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and a whole bunch of things that I think were one part of his culture. In other words, these are the things that he was reading and things that he was exposed to. Some of that material comes from some of the masters of the East who believe in abstaining for a particular thing. Now, if, if you're going to live, if that's your sole choice that you should be doing that, that that's a whole nother conversation. But, but I think that spiritual teachers, this is my opinion only that spiritual teachers realize that the sexual energy, which is life energy, by the way, sexual energy is, you know, according to 
Fillmore's concept, life functions through the genitalia, the, fa- the actual faculty and even physical location. That because we don't know how to work, always work well with our sensations, our appetites, our desires, our sexual energy, that it sometimes overloads the 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 logical person and we do things that are inconsistent with our logic because the body craves it now and that could be anything but i don't think that because it's a at times challenging energy to control means that you the only way to quote unquote keep it pure is to not in it not to allow it to express in love it's one thing for people to express something um, um, with ill will, with dominant, you know, and I'm not getting to people's sexual habits. Do what you do. God bless you if you're two consenting adults. But I think what we have to figure out how to balance is making sure that whatever we do, are we using it as an expression of wholeness, of love, of peace, of harmony? What are you trying to create it out of that, out of that experience outside of obvious physical pleasure that goes along with that process so is it is it an energy that you just push aside because you can't handle it or is it something that you get control of your consciousness so you know how to express it properly unfortunately we see over and over again one of the main things that trips up people and i and i can at least speak from the male perspective when i see brothers get caught up with um their careers and things of that nature so many times is tied around their sexuality because um, sexual energy because it's life energy radiates very strongly and people pick up on it especially at a feeling nature from excuse me from the feeling nature so uh very uh you know i once had a minister uh new thought minister from another city really kind of sit me down about how when you're when you're evolving spiritually how that becomes very magnetic and attractive to people and they can be attracted to it from different ways some people are sexually attracted some people are you know put you up on the pedestal attracted they want to be in your space and things of that nature and you have to be very careful not allow the ego to get caught up in it all of that because you're just trying to express God as you understand it, understand God. And but people are seeing the vehicle through which God is being expressed and they're drawn to it. Automatically. Um, normally, people who have a very strong consciousness of life also have the wholeness and the energy and the vigor. And it shows up as charisma and other things. But I don't have time to teach all of that with the little time I have left for this show. But when you start thinking of people who, 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 are, who are fully alive, it's attractive to people when they, when, when they allow their spirituality to express. Um, it's attractive to people. And I'm not always saying sexually attractive. It can't be that. But it's attractive to people. People want to be in your space. They want to orbit you. You got to be careful not to allow that to be an ego thing, you know. So, so, so the, the Monica Lewinsky situations don't happen to you. When somebody gets caught up in, and you allow that in your space, 
And then you give yourself a good reason to play yourself. Anyway, moving along. He goes on to say, it has been thought in the past that a man and woman should join as one in sexual intercourse for one purpose only, that of having children. This belief is based on fear and ignorance and should be discarded along with all guilt control devices. In other words, you can't teach people that they're free and then try to put guilt on something that is one natural and in the proper way uh, of very strong expression of love. It would be no different than any other gift. You know, you are you using it in wisdom? Are you using it in love? Is it in divine order? The faculties are meant to work together. All right. He says the life process includes procreation, healing, regeneration, and also the marvelous exchange which takes place in love making. Too much emphasis has been given to the dangers of getting caught up in lust and sexual promis- promiscuity. Excuse me. More emphasis should be placed on the presence of God within. In other words, am I expressing even in every act, not just sexuality, but in every act, am I showing up as the presence of God in that experience? Therefore, if I am, I'm being the way of Christ, as Gary Simmons says, not in the way of Christ. So what shows up and being expressed is not not only physical pleasure, but that which satisfies the soul because it's coming from a deeper space. You know, they're, they're, you know, people who actually study this at a much larger, in a much uh, deeper way. And they deal with, you know, you know, sexual healing energies and all that type of stuff. I'm not trying to get into that. If that's something you want to do, that's what Google is for. And I'm sure you'll find whatever you need to find. Um, you know, uh, you know, they're, you know, I study martial arts and, and that's, it's a whole Taoist, 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 even though it's a T, it's pronounced with a D, Taoist program of meditations and qigongs and et cetera that deals strictly with just this topic alone, Uh, how to focus the qi, how to use the energy for healing and things of that nature. But the point of it is, is that you show up as God in the space. It goes on to say, if a person truly understands his spirituality he needn't overcompensate in any area in other words so if that area of your life is out of balance and out of balance can be two ways out of balance could be um not allowing your natural um 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 um, how do i want to say this not allowing yourself to express intimately because you have some religious church thing or cultural thing that you're working through that frustration can show up in other th- ways in your life you know you know people who tr- try to compress that which is natural it creates pressure and it pops it pops up in other ways sometimes in distorted ways the other op- end of the extreme could be a person who is just dealing with excess and it's just go 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 but don't have the other parts of life in balance what this is simply saying is this if you understand your spirituality then you don't overcompensate in any area of your life everything is put in order including your sex drive it says in reality making love is a spiritual experience and it is a means of sharing life 
It is when a person is ignorant of his Christ self that he considers it an activity which is which is merely to satisfy his own ego and sexual drive. If you think you are out of balance in this area, don't fight sense appetite. Rather, enfold yourself and your loved one in spiritual light and sense appetite will be transformed into spiritual fulfillment. So in other words, instead of fighting it, transform it. Instead of trying to suppress it, start seeing yourself enfolded in love and peace and divine order so it can be expressed properly. Then he goes on to say, Life is progress, attainment, and mastery. All right. And he goes on to say, the Christ in you is ever urging you to attain your next level of consciousness. But in truth, mastering your present level isn't a greater challenge as becoming willing to move on to the next. All right. So part of life is the willingness to move on to the next stage of your growth without fighting it. This is key. Now. Uh, I've had people contact me asking me what will be the next book. I'm going to actually teach Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth from a New Thought Perspective. Eckhart Tolle's book, A New Earth. That's going to begin in May. Um, I'm going to take the next two Wednesdays off just to refresh and reboot. Please still listen to the show, whatever will be replayed. Keep yourself in the flow. Listen to the podcast. I want to give everybody an opportunity to be able to say, okay, I know what book we're going to use. I'm going to, Oprah's doing it on the own channel. And I think that it's good from, you know, not that I'm trying to change his teachings, but from a standpoint of a new thought minister, how will we tackle a new earth by Eckhart Tolle? What are the similarities? What language, is he using language that means the same thing in new thought, but we just use different terminology, stuff like that. So, We've we've done it before at CUT. Uh, I was I wasn't a part of that when they did it, so this gives me an opportunity. Some other ministers did it many years ago when the first the book first came out. So I want to take a, my time working with it chapter by chapter and see what I can come up with. So again, the book will be A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, and the book has ten chapters, so that means we're Take 10 weeks covering it. So, like I said before, you know, I'm going to give myself a couple of weeks break just to, you know, mentally relax, not have to worry, not worry, not have to prepare or do any other thing. Like anybody else, take a mental vacation from it. And then when I come back, I'll be ready to rumble. So God bless you. I love you all. Thank you for the support. Please listen to the other the podcast with they'll play. I'll make sure it's something nice. And you take care. I'll be with you in May with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Have you ever considered that everything you think, say, and do is a prayer to the universe? 
What would your life be like if you activated the power of yes? Join Reverend Beverly Molander and her exciting guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how they activated the power of yes in their lives, their communities, or even the world. If they can do it, you can too. Listen to Beverly Molander and her guests live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy real excitement. That feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you. Then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. If I were brave, I'd walk the razor's edge Where fools and dreamers dare to tread And never lose faith How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you sing. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. 
Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.